Might as well. God's saying, yo, you want to do it, get the fuck off your ass and do it. That's how I feel about so much of the... Because content creation is a full... No, it's it's becoming like this whole like thing though. It's like, yo, like people are gonna have a hard time transitioning from just being on social media to needing to go full force to really be on social media. Or, you know, they'll just be the look and see type people. But then that whole why does nobody, you know, care about me type of thing will really set in on them a little bit more if they are look if they ever rather look for engagement and it doesn't come because the algorithm isn't even going to think to be looking for them. Right. So it's going to like the likes going away. I'm interested to see how it's going to work. Because a lot of yeah. people are like, oh, it's because they care about mental health. They don't give two shits about <laughs> mental health. This is a business plan. Yeah. And if you aren't able to create business from your social media, then this is going to affect you worse mental health-wise if you thought that this was going to be a mental health break. Because that means you actually give a fuck about who what? likes your shit, I'd who never, doesn't like your shit. I never ever ever realized i don't not even the shorties in my life are like this okay like the type like i need to like edit this or do, like i don't i don't know women like that personally but i have recently been like no, seeing people rampant. like somebody asked me to take a picture shoot i take a photo my double chin my gu- i don't like who, it's yeah, who i am right you're gonna see a lot of me at different angles in different right. ways like it, this is no me. It's, it's like as, take it or leave it as i create content with <laughs> other people i run into that wall and it's like you're I, all right see i don't want to blow anybody up but i do a podcast <laughs> he's like this shit recording no no <laughs> it is but i was looking for actually i want the product please i do a podcast called yum Right. And it's young urban mothers. Okay. Right. And it's about giving guidance and helping with and telling stories about motherhood in the urban environment at a younger age. Right. Up until, I guess, middle age. So it is a wide spectrum of age because it goes from teen parenting to having teens as your kids. Um, And. A lot of these women, because they are go-getters, they keep themselves a certain way. And to me, I'm like, yo, y'all are beautiful. Like, you know, this part of what's going to make this work, unfortunately, because, you know, beauty does sell in this era or in this in this society as a whole worldwide, is going to do good. So sometimes I'm like taking recap pictures and they're like, no, 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 you can't go low. Yeah, like, I'm like I don't what are you talking about? I, oh, it's gonna, it's gonna make me look fat. I'm like, there's literally no fucking fat on you. And also, bitch, you look like that's what you look. If that's what you look like, that's what you look like. That's the shit that blows me. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm, I'm an asshole. Like, I have, I'm an asshole. Same. same <laughs> like when people, same. when people come through, like when bitches are like. Don't take it from this angle. I just look at them. I'm like, shorty, it don't matter what angle you take it from. People gonna meet you. Right. <laughs> they finna find out. <laughs> and, and, the, and and I'm like, they they're gonna see that you're 
Irregardless. You're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not a sloppy, fat bastard, you know? But thank God the women that I actually do the podcast with, they're less, uh, you know, they give a fuck less, but they do care. And I do think it is naturally an overall female trait. And, yeah. You know, that... I mean, you could take it to, like, well, it was subjugation by men and, like, the whole... No, the way there that is, it, right, there like, is but... definite grounds for having reason of these feelings. But it's like, you know, 2019, everybody's free. And again... Literally, y'all are beautiful. What the fuck is the problem yeah. here? But, I mean, look, you want to take the picture high, I take the picture high. You want to uh, angle so, you know, because some 300-pound chick did an angle and she didn't look 300 pounds, and you now at your right size feel like you should do an angle so you look perfect, then, hey, that's your life. I didn't know that there was such a market also for... Uh, face changing or like body image. Oh, editing. it's the filter Dog. game. I have my videos on Instagram. Like people, I have been called out so many times where they're like, "Tess, you still got shit in your eyes from when you woke up." <laughs> you but like, it, I don't. You want to say like, "What do you give a fuck?" Are I you listening to the words I'm saying, exactly, or are you watching my like, eye, the ex- crust in my eye? Exactly, and I'm no, like, my man's still fucking me. I don't care. Right. So fact. that's all. What what you eat doesn't make me shit. Who you fuck does not make me come. So facts, if facts, you facts. are out here trying to tell me that I have to be a certain way to present myself, to tell you about shit that is integral to your fucking livelihood, right, right. then you want I can't help you. Jesus can't even help you. But that is the, uh, you know, the temperature of how this society moves and... You know, social media is the uh, what people consider the epitome of what life should be, right? And it's and the temperature of you having to be perfect is the the better human you are on social media. And it's like, you know, where do you go from there? Like that's like nuts. That's that's literally a mental issue. That's why I like I I don't. I just started tweetering or tweeting mm-hmm. because <laughs> I, like I don't that. know how to. I just started using Twitter, and so, so like recently, Madison said this, and um, Reg said this, and two other people that I've met at the Idea Exchange. So like, I saw your page. Like, your shit's mad authentic, or yeah. like, right? Mm-hmm. And that like really bothered me for in a, in a way of like I didn't understand because I'm just my. I'm just myself all the time. Right. Right. So then when they said it was authentic, I was just like, I, there are, people aren't like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I was like, like, well, who's not authentic? I was like, what you mean? Right, right, right. (laughs) Well, why are you praising me for like being, because. Honest and telling the truth. Yeah. Like, it's just. I, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. What's what's why the pat on the back? Yeah, and like I just didn't under. They're like the way that you're putting content out is like nobody's doing this right now the way that you're doing it. Or you know, Madison said that, and I hit her back, and I was like, I don't understand what you mean because everybody's putting out content. Everyone's putting out videos. Rather, you look at my IGTV videos, none of the shit text match. It's not in frame. And my husband's very, very, very meticulous. Like, he's an artist, so mm-hmm. he's extremely... Well, he's like, sometimes I can't watch your videos because the fucking placement of your text bother me. <laughs> right? Like, he, he'll okay. say some shit like that to me. But, like, 
my expectation would be that's the feedback that I receive, right? Improvement right. of, but I'm being applauded for being like almost like lazy about the way I put the cut. Con- like my thing is the message. I don't care about the way that it looks. Right, right. And it, it they, just showed how. They feel like your authenticity is a strategy. I think maybe. And it's not like they're just saying like, you know, it's it's authentic. Like you can tell it's really you in the videos and it's not because my stuff isn't scripted, which everything that they I have been told so far in the past like month and a half are all of the things that I wrote on a list of shit I need to work on. Okay. You know, which was crazy to me to hear because right. just a couple weeks before I like wrote out my like, hey, Tazine, focus on like bettering this these things like I rant and so I can create more quality content if I just kind of wrote some bullets down ahead of time instead of going off on a tangent the way that I do I'll lose people um I like tangents but I mean I li- so do I I, I I get it I inevitably have tangents not that I like it it's just who I am right right and so but then hearing that them say like no that's a good thing i'm like i'm so confused it's not matching up you gotta find the uh middle of what people expect what you want to do and are we recording we are um, oh, no. I w- no but i'm going to <laughs> okay <laughs> intro and i'm i think i'm gonna keep everything okay. including this but i didn't no, nah, I thought I mean, we were just talking shit. We are. Okay. But um but yeah, you gotta find that in it, but but keeping the the, the what your message first and foremost. Right. right. So that's gonna that is the challenge. But you're young, so you're if you're here now in ten years, you're gonna be, you know what I mean? I hope so. It's like starting uh doing the security stuff from a consumer aspect mm-hmm. and being myself, mm-hmm. the security industry is almost pushing me out, mm. if that makes sense, because I'm too wild or yeah. like I'm not elitist or quite Well, enough. I think the premise of or at least the, the thought of security, even cybersecurity, there's like a, a, a notion of button down. You know, there's a notion of, like, I have everything contained and all together, and that makes me good for this. But I think your energy is perfect because that button down, you know, to me, and and I guess eventually to everyone, maybe you know, it's going to translate to, you know, like, you stuffy, you know, you stuffy shirt, you don't care... So if you don't care and you don't care about me, you're giving me a base guideline. You're not really protecting me. And I think your energy is you give a fuck. So you're more looking to protect me. And I think that's going to translate. And like my people. Right. Immigrants. Right. Well, me being whomever it is looking at you. Right. Exactly. And so I recently came up like there was an instance where I was approached to do have like my first affiliate program as a quote unquote influencer. I was like, oh mm. shit, <laughs> look at this. That's good, okay, yeah. so but it was it's a security company, mm-hmm. and um, historically or previously, 
starting like before I started my own business I was working for a boutique consulting firm and so what my job was was to um, broker relationships with manufacturers that I knew okay. and agnostically set up security architecture for my clients and it would be based off of like a security framework that is uh, put out by the government there are a couple of different ones that people can follow depending on their industry okay. or vertical and these, <clears throat> these are enterprise level enterprise level okay. companies right. and um, I would go in there and say what are your problems and issues what framework are you following how much money have you spent let's dissect it right. and the goal is to save money and be more effective right so it's either based off of services that we might be able to provide or tools that they already have maybe they're not using the full function of the tool and right. so i have to like have a, an agnostic understanding of like all different types of security tools but um i would like get schmoozed by vendors they wanted me to sell their shit and then i would sell their shit to my clients right right so now, I'm still doing that for my company on my own with all my clients, but there's this aspect of the consumerized part of my, I guess, brand where I'm doing the videos and reaching out to people. And so this like password management company spoke to me and they said, we want you to be an affiliate partner and here's your affiliate link and like the whole Rakuten thing, which I didn't know and blah, blah, blah. So I asked her, I was just like, hey, I'm not as familiar with this consumer stuff. Like, I'll talk about it, but my bread and butter is reselling to right. enterprises. And, I mean, my clients I'm, with my previous company, like MSG, Forbes, some of the largest financial services companies in New York City, I've closed over $6 million deals, right, like that I – start to finish nice, and so you know nice. i got big dick energy right, right. on this shit okay. <laughs> like i'm one of the pause, youngest ones in the yes, gate yes. pause but like yes, yes. kind of pause for you not for me yeah, but correct correct, correct. <laughs> but <clears throat> so i spoke to the i guess influencer person she was like hey this is out of my wheelhouse but let me connect you to another lady i spoke to her and tell me why this lady she was so condescending while she was speaking to me, she was like, well, you're an influencer. And she just assumed. You didn't know shit. That I didn't know anything. That I was like some like housewife that was, you know, just talking about security. And then I started hitting her with like technical questions that even she didn't know how to understand. Like, right. To answer. Blew, blew shit up. And um, I was like, um, excuse me, blank. Let me. Can I pause you for a second and just give you a little bit of background on who I've worked with and what I do? I see that because there's a hierarchy in my industry mm -hmm. where if you are in sales, especially or a consultant, you're an inside sales rep, mm -hmm. which basically means you sit inside of a building and you like call out to close your deals. And so either you're calling out and you have your own book of business or you're supporting somebody in the field. Mm. And so I was an inside sales rep for a couple of years and then I became a field rep and then moved into like technical consulting and worked my way up that way. Nice. But she was always an inside sales rep, at the lady that I was talking to. Right, right. And um, there's a role called channel managers. And so channel managers are basically um, keep up with the relationship between a reseller and like she might work at McAfee or okay. at or Microsoft and she needs to take care of the channel. So if I as Cyber Collective, I'm considered in the channel, right? right. I resell different product to my clients. 
anything I resell, she makes money off of because she onboarded me as a reseller. Okay. So in our industry, we say channel managers are shitty sales reps that never knew how to sell their own shit. <laughs> you know okay. what I'm saying? Right, like, right. So they had to become a channel rep because they couldn't do direct sales. They were never an independent contributor. So there's like a stigma around it too. Right, right. So here's this channel rep who was an inside rep before this older lady. And it's always fucking women. It's always women that shit on me. Men sponsor me places all the time they love my energy and it's these fucking women that don't know how to handle a feminine woman that's younger well, and naturally tan is is it really well yeah the, t- the tan part of <laughs> like, course but I, is born it, this way is it really though like yes it's women right but it's really age specific i think it's age yeah it's for you know sure. it is it is older women that came up in an era that they fought tooth and nail to get even to where that piece is that didn't go past where you are at, right? So the understanding of where you're at, she doesn't have. But she has the understanding that other women in her era, right, that probably take the tan part out because the tan probably didn't even exist in her era. But other women that were attractive and younger came through trying to get ahead, not with their brain, but Mm -hmm. with their physical attributes. So she had to probably shut that down multiple times. So she just pushed that dynamic onto you. And, you know, that's where... But she doesn't... She literally probably doesn't have the understanding that you're several levels past right. where she's at. Yeah, and it's just people project their insecurities. And 100%, so it, 100, every I time. Just, I just take it as like, you know what? You have unhealed trauma. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> you go, go home. Like, take it and leave. And I was like, you know what? I'm good on the reseller program with y'all. And yeah. it was like really empowering also to right. like walk away from yeah. something. Yeah. Um, not wanting to do it because that's like 100% why I left my last company. They taught me everything. Right. But... Couldn't work for the white man no more. Yeah, I mean, you gotta. Sometimes you got. If you have the ability to own your your guff, you know, own your what you do and own it, then and don't need a platform. Then yes, by all means. But I mean, there are tons of people though that don't have that confidence and it's not even just confidence so they don't have that because risk-taking ability is but, like- it, but it's the skill set right <clears throat> you have a skill set that you are a thousand percent confident in right because you know what you can do and the this if you don't have that skill set if you aren't functional in that skill set, then you won't build that confidence in order to go and have your onus of what you do. Mm -hmm. So it's going to take time. And when I say time, it's going to take time for every individual to sit down and master that skill set in order to build that confidence. (laughs) You're blessed to have that at a younger age. But some... but. Of course, but then some people, even including myself at an older age, I'm still mastering skill sets so I can have my owners and go out and conquer what I need to conquer. Mm -hmm. But after you get a certain age, there's this stigma of I can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's really the problem. 
because yeah. it's, it's like, oh, if I didn't do it when I was in my 20s or early 30s, it's a dub. Right. And it's not. It's not. It's so not. So My 85-year-old grandfather went back to school yeah. to be an educator because he wanted to. He's That's, not my real grandfather, but like in the community. Right, you know, right. And like, That's beautiful. It, it's like, I just, when I hear excuses and when I hear, and, and the... There's a lot of even today that I just see is like there's a lot of phony people out here, <laughs> hella phony people out and, here, and, and, the, and I see y'all. The I megaphone see. that Instagram was in the last two and a half years. I feel like this last nine months, it's backed off of that, and it's mm-hmm. trying to be. People are trying to be more original and authentic, um, and and. And be themselves, right? But it's too many of those people that I saw faking till they making. And they made it. Some made it. A lot of them. But a some lot of perceived the ones... that they made yeah, it. Yeah, that too. And so they're like, oh, I'm I'm a big Instagram person. Okay, but what does that do? For, like, what does that mean? Yeah. You have some followers. Guess what? What's your what? W2 look guess, like? Guess, <laughs> guess what? The, the Instagram just cut those followers that you have. Yeah. You can't talk to them. So what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You don't have knowledge that you're putting into the space to gather more. You got this amount of people based off of other people that want to bullshit just like you. Mm-hmm. Now all of y'all just sitting there together not seeing each other and not knowing what to do. So what does that mean? So, I mean, it, it's going to take time, you know, but that megaphone that Instagram created, it, it, set, it set back then. All right. For those who can't see, uh, right for the audio only portion, uh, I have a device holding my phone up and it keeps falling over. And I'm like, the fuck is your problem? (laughs) It's really because Tat uses his hands to speak. Yes, I am. The problem is him. It it is, it is me because holding the phone nonstop. I'm I get tired of holding the phone and I'm trying to not hold the phone in this situation. So that's funny. This is a good time to actually do the intro, okay, and a Officially start the podcast, okay. even if we have retrograded the content okay. from the current <laughs> podcast. Okay. Um, this is, uh, oh shit, it's funny enough, I'm not ready to do that actually because <laughs> there's something I want to read when I do do okay. that. Um, <clears throat> this is, where is it at? Yeah, I can use my, I was practicing my. <clears throat> Late night R and B voice. Um, you you gonna bust out a a a ninety seven? A smooth love. You gonna bust out a smooth love? The late night ninety seven point one. This is. This is. I've been told I have that air. type of voice, but I don't. There you go again. You know what? How about we gonna do this? How many times? Every other time is like stuck. All right. If it falls, it falls. If y'all hear good dump, it's that. All right. This is F and Techies, which means functioning techies. And I like to start with a structure cannot stand without a foundation. Logic is the foundation of function. Function is the essence of control. And I am in control. Oh. You heard me? Ooh. Now, shout to Tuvok. 
Okay. Not Tupac. Tuvok. Okay, Tuvok. Tuvok from uh, Star Trek uh, Voyager. Okay. He's a Vulcan. Okay. And that came from him. Oh, that's all. You know, I'm such an immigrant that I've never seen Star Trek before. Well, let's not throw that horrendous action on your immigration <laughs> status. That has nothing to do from whence you come. We- we didn't we didn't watch movies. There are so many movies that I'm just seeing now, married, that I never because we didn't have we used to use the cable from the apartment upstairs. Okay. And so we just saw what was on the on the television based off of what other people were watching until we got our own cable. Okay. And then I did that as well in my youth because we were we were just poor. So we didn't same. Yeah. Yeah. So and, that's actually had to was. steal it from four houses over because oh, both the people next to me were just up? as poor. Um, well, Brooklyn and I lived in the South for a decade. Okay. That was real rough. Yeah. So, yes, this is F and Techies. I'm Tat Wizza, and this is... I am here with Taz, but please, your, your actual name is so beautiful. Thank you. Please say it. My name is Tazine. Tazine. Yes. That's fire. Thank you. And what is your background? Um, I am a Bangladeshi immigrant from Queens. Okay. And I uh, am a cybersecurity technologist. Born in Queens? I was born in Bangladesh. Born in Bangladesh. Yeah. Okay. And so when did you come over here? When I was one. Oh, so yeah. 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 I'm Queens. I'm yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. But I still got the shot on my arm that shows like okay. the branded immigrant shot, you know. Right. And I only became a citizen um, like six years ago. I mean, you're here. I'm here. I, yeah. I don't like low key, don't like claiming the fact that I'm from here. So I, I'd rather be from somewhere oh, okay. else, to I be honest. You. In the current, in the current, <laughs> in uh, this current since climate. 2016? Yes, in this copy, current copy. climate. All right. Well, we'll get to some of that. All right. So. Going off my notes. Now, I did create some notes, but as everybody can tell, we've been talking for a minute without any of that, just organically. Unbeknownst to me. We (laughs) actually just physically met today. Yes. We met online a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Maybe three, maybe. maybe. Even less, if that. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Through one of or two of our associates, shout to Madison J, shout to Reg. I don't know Reg's last name, but that's all right. It's okay. Um, he produces uh, Twitch stories. So if if you're listening to this now and I actually have put this podcast out in a decent time period, Twitch story may not be out yet. Okay. But if I procrastinated on this particular episode, which it is a, likely, it's a likelihood, <laughs> um, Twitch story might be out. So go find that superb podcast what if twitter existed in the 90s you're gonna love it all right so um we didn't know each other but we had familiar ground with those people mm-hmm. and then you work in technology in cybersecurity. yes and so i've been watching your content and yes i've listened to what you're saying about security mm-hmm. but I kind of know a little few things about technology. So I kind of am like, all right, I don't apply those things to myself. We had an interaction yeah. once and I was like, well, I ain't worried about that. But yeah. Disney Plus, matter of fact. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not worried about the hack because I'm secure. But mm-hmm. their functionality is they're fucking me up with how they're doing some things. or Because yeah. functionality is kind of what I love. Like, right. Just how things function matters to me. Because... Mm-hmm. 
that sets the tone for everything else as far as I see. But sure. um, finding that middle ground online, though, right? Like, is that sometimes what jams people up with security? They feel too comfortable because two people know two other people and it's like, oh, by association, I must know you now without physically meeting. And then they sometimes allow themselves to be put in bad situations. Yes, it's um, we live in a convenience culture Mm -hmm. and that's the way that I've um, thought of it and explained it. It's not just like meeting people, but it's also respecting other people's privacy. So even if you're private as shit, you don't have nothing on the internet. You might low-key be a sociopath and you don't have any photos nowhere because you're trying to keep all of your lives underground. Right. You can't because somebody else going to post some shit about you. That's a fact. And so you, you, you get got that way. But um, people in general, I think in today's age, everything and all of our technologies are about convenience. And security has been a kind of clipboard checklist um, for enterprises and now it's trickling down to other organizations yeah. and it still sits as this um, like just picture some annoying hall monitor that like comes around and stops people from smoking weed or grabbing an ass or you know kissing yeah. in the hallway right. that's security for people yeah. <laughs> that, that, wow that's the best analogy that I've was ever had good. that was pretty it's, good uh, it's the hall it's the Hall monitor that nobody fucks with. Oh, and this shit. Here he go. Here yeah. he come. You rolling up and then somebody comes through. Just push it. Just push the button already. Exactly. And um, I think because that is the narrative, it's either that or it's um, pegged as a IT issue or it should be a technology. Like when I talk to people, they're like, well, we don't have budget. I'm like, you don't need to have budget to not be a dumbass. Right. Like... <laughs> Yeah. You all you need is to learn and research, especially for these small to medium businesses. But long answer to your short question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I, we love long answers. Um, are people most insecure with online security? Well, you kind of just answered that. Mm-hmm. Right. So functionality, the functionality of security is what jams people up. Right. right. So the easier something is, they're going to go with that. And it's mm-hmm. easier to not do two-factor. Authentication. Uh, it's easier to, you know, make your passwords, your name, one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. Because that's what you're going to remember the easiest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easiest to put your pet name, the same pet that you post every five minutes on social media. Mm-hmm. It's easiest to, you know, put your car, which you're showing you're in the car. Like these, these, so there's this stigma, I think, right? That people think that other people can hack them, right? And it's really more, they're just studying you and guessing your security answers and guessing your password but that's not literally hacking no. <laughs> because I'm always like my Twitter got hacked or my Instagram got hacked. No, you got hacked. Right. They did not hack Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. They did not get past the firewall that those services provide. No. There's no big like, oh, anonymous got me. Like mm-hmm. your dumbass did this most simplest, easiest mm-hmm. things. And somebody with enough wit saw that and just 
force brooded their way in. Yeah, pretty much. Not even force. It was so easy. It's like you gave them yeah. everything that's needed for it. Um, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. It's called social engineering. Uh-huh. And it is, you know, there are a lot of different studies coming out around human behavior and how it relates to security. And, and a lot of security, the old head, the OGs in security that have been writing for a long time, like Mark Goodman, for example, is one of my uh, idols. I love him. This is his book called Future Crimes. Okay. Um, I highly recommend everyone in the fucking world read this book. Future Crimes. Security or not. It just breaks down. I mean, this is my Bible almost for like in the way that I try to he just simplifies what's happening in our world, not just from a security perspective, but understanding what data valence is and how technology is affecting our lifestyle, our privacy or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. And right now there are so many different words like cybersecurity is pegged in this box it's elitist and that's why my whole like my term for my website and what i'm doing is we're taking it from elitist to everyone mm, right and like that's that. something that i've been trying to do is bridge this gap because even when i went to security events all the time i'd be like yo i'm out here with all my peers that almost 90 percent of my peers are in the entertainment industry or doing music producer dancer and then my nerdy ass rolls through like hey guys <laughs> I just came back from a meeting and uh, I talked about all of these different instances and we actually talked about botnets and it was really cool <laughs> and they're like shut the fuck up Tess <laughs> like alright cool but I realized that when I would go to my events like I'd be like there has to be a way to like bridge a gap and I and it's all because the conversation just isn't coming because it's not relatable And it's also because people have these ideas of cybersecurity of like, you have to be a hacker, you got to be in a hoodie, or it's this narrative. It's just like anything in media that's portrayed with a certain narrative. And what I'm working on right now is quite literally finding a different name for security. Okay. I'm trying to come up with a different name that gets people to listen because security is not it. Right. (laughs) When you say security, people are like, fuck that, I want risk. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, they don't realize they're saying that, but that's exactly what their actions are. <clears throat> exactly. And so when you like put it all together and you think about our actions versus like the idea of what security is or what's happening with the social engineering, what's happening with vulnerable applications. And it's all like it's low key, just scams everywhere. It's scams. And the aspect of security and the lack of awareness when you talk, when I talk to business owners, like the number one thing, small businesses, and the reason the security industry doesn't give a fuck about small businesses is because they don't have budget, right? And so a lot of the digital marketers or any business that might be under uh, 500 employees, mm-hmm. there are over 534,000 small businesses opened on a monthly basis in the U.S. alone. Wow. That's, yeah, I didn't in the that. U.S. That's alone, I just got number. these recent facts, like writing Half an a article. Million a month. A month, okay? That's how many fucking websites without SSL encryption? That shit makes my skin itch. <laughs> makes me itch so bad. But just when you think about how many people, it's amazing that people are <clears throat> in such an entrepreneurial spirit. But 
there are a lot of people that are just fucking up the digital ecosystem yeah. that are starting businesses and everybody wants to be in tech and do something, build an app. And it's the wave right now. Tech is like the newest fad. Last year it was anxiety and this year it's tech. Every, everybody <laughs> is now a functioning techie. Yeah, a techie or like social, like I'm like, just because you know how to change colors on Instagram don't mean you a techie. Yeah. Kiss my ass. Like, it, I hate that shit so bad. It and is, that's a whole separate is. podcast. Well. But people could quote me on that. If you only do social media and you call yourself a techie, yeah. you can kiss my whole brown ass. Facts. I'm Taz. Tech with Taz. Find me. Come at me. <laughs> come through. And we could talk about no, it. No, <laughs> no. Don't do it to yourself, trust me. No, I won't. But I'm not you, saying, like, them. Right. Don't yeah, do that to like, don't don't come for her because she knows her shit. But it's it's when you think about stuff like that, and it's those same people that are leaving other people vulnerable based off yeah. of the work. Like these digital marketers that are aggregating so much information that don't even understand like what data aggregation really is for the larger picture and how data valence is affecting institutionalized racism, how it's affecting marginalized communities, and how the data that they are gathering, redistributing, selling, and not, like, all they care about is dollars and metrics, and yeah. they don't even understand the implications of what they're doing. And it's because people aren't reading or people aren't aware. And again, it's that word that's coined in this box and it shouldn't be in this box. Right. Like it should be like, okay, you're starting a business. What are the fun for you, Tat? What are your fundamental pillars of a business? Would you say like, what are the go-to things that you need to make sure your, your shit is together? Um, well, revenue, right? Like, well, yes, of course. Lawyers like legal shit. Yeah. Um, a business strategy. Like well, yeah. when you're starting a business, what are the things that you need together? It's like business strategy, you need to make sure that you're a corporation right. and you have to have a plan, right? Right. right. You have and to the part yourself. and so it's just like those are like the basis foundations of like okay, you have an idea, how are you going to bring it to market? Right. How are you going to put it all together? Do you have money? How are you going to make money? Right. And so when investors are looking at businesses to invest to them, those are kind of the same questions that they're asking for evaluation. What's not happening right now is, are you asking about their security risk? They built an app. How many bugs are in their app? And if it's a valued $150 million app, but the, it's riddled with bugs, and then that application gets breached in a year, the amount of money that it costs to mitigate a breach is almost... I think like uh, like 24 times the amount, like in millions right. of what it would have would costed have cost. right. to get a fucking McAfee antivirus. So then like, you know, when they say we don't have budget, then what they're saying is we don't, we Care. don't, right. We don't know how to live. We don't know how <clears throat> to, you know, step forward into life and, and be safe. Right. And, and it's like, it's a, the risk in the way even investors, like my ro most recent videos, like questions that investors aren't asking and they, and they should. Right. And I like spoke about an anecdote um, and an experience that I had when I met Reg and, and everybody at this event. And it was so awesome. And I was talking to a pretty well-known like investor and social entrepreneur. And I was like, yo, so if you all need help with security at any time, like, let me know. I can answer any questions or, or be like a guide as you are looking at different organizations. And right. he said, um, we're not looking at any security technology companies right now. We haven't seen any. But when we do, I'll let you know. I was like, nah, bro. 
I'm not talking about no fucking security companies. They know their shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about every single other business that you are looking to invest your actual dollars into. How you, secure are how they? How secure what, are they? What, are they? what is their real valuation? Exactly. Can somebody else come in and just take it over right from under you? And you know how it happens? Because somebody was using public Wi-Fi to like copy and paste open source code or somebody was using public Wi-Fi to send information. Like it's very simple. And that's the thing. Like even when these small businesses talk about budget, not having budget, I'm like, you have fucking Google. If anybody else tells me they don't have budget for some shit that they can learn and read, I'm going to blow a gasket. Yeah. And (laughs) I'm going to lose my mind because it's not a budget thing. Like if you're trying to figure out your go-to-market strategy, if you're trying to figure out how much revenue you you can make or like whatever five year trajectory or bullshit business buzzword you want to use like insert here right you should congruently like look at how secure is whatever you're doing how susceptible am i to being penetrated and what does that cost look like mm. because i think for every single piece of data that's stolen it's like 126 dollars per piece of data and when you add it up and you actually see like how much data people are aggregating or whatever the tool most of these tools are like data aggregation tools of some sort um it ends up being like millions and millions of dollars in cost afterward and now even um california of course california is always leading in so many different ways but they have the ccpa so people if you are a california resident Mm -hmm. And you, as an individual, feel that you have gotten um, taken advantage of, your data has gotten taken advantage of, you can personally sue the company for $750 without providing any evidence. I did see you posted that on your social media recently, and I was like, hmm, but I'm not a California resident, so then I shut down. So I was like, damn it. But And it's crazy. Like, yeah. you have to put in now... Um, opt-in or opt-out. Right. So now companies have to be transparent about, one, the information that they have been taking that people don't know about. Like, right. it, it's not sitting in a privacy policy that's hiding in fine, uh, like, legal writing that you're not yeah. going to understand. Right. But it's it's sitting on the page, and you're going to have to see, like, opt-in, opt-out. And if you opt-out, you can't be discriminated against. Like, your services can't be any different um, if you are opting out. But the craziest piece is these companies are going to have to retrograde all of what they did with yeah. that information, which is going to be so fucking hard. Talk about these social media marketing companies. How are you going to get that information again? Where you sold or pushed out your yeah. stuff? Like, you can't find it. And the fines for this shit? That's it's retarded. It's fucking stupid. And and the government is going to this extreme, like states and privacy legislation and activist groups are going to this extreme because people are so fucking selfish. They only think about themselves. They don't understand how this is affecting. Like, why do you think sex trafficking is at its highest high right now? Because everybody's fucking up. Because applications are sharing geotagging and location-based information. They're sharing it. They're selling it. And people are willingly, it's not even anyone selling it, people are willingly giving up their location. Well, and that's because, though, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that's because they feel like if I put my geotag on this, then that'll prove that I've 
been somewhere and it'll give me some type of status or it'll open up a, maybe a functionality that they think that they want from that app without realizing that they're actually giving away their true location each and every time. Every time, and it's being sold everywhere. Like, for example, um, Sweetgreen is a very favorite example of mine because Sweetgreen salads are fucking bomb. I don't know what they do to them, but they are so good every single time. It doesn't feel like you're eating salad, and you get very full afterwards. And so for me, that's a win because I eat rice. And so... I went and I looked at their privacy policy. I just decided to like look at privacy policies for companies that I frequent. Okay. And I pulled up their privacy policy. Yo, <laughs> tell me why. Sweet Green can see what website you were on. Everything, all the way down to keystroke access. What you were typing. Keystroke what access? you were typing. An hour before you logged on to Sweet Green's website. How do they do that? And an that? hour after. How it's do they adware. Do- it's all AdWare and Spyware. But how do they do the hour before? Like, how do how what? Pro, it's like, full access. Once they have access into your device, they have access into every single application you have ever downloaded on your computer that's deleted, past or present. They have every single. So, for example, some of the applications that you may have downloaded don't have any strict parameters of who's accessing the data. Like, they have like an open. Um, I'm still learning more about this, so I don't know the actual technical terminology. But, mm-hmm. like, say you make an application, that app wants to make money. So they're like, yeah, take the data, right? So right. then other comp- big companies are like, okay, we'll give you this small fee and we'll take all your data. And right. So that's how they make their money. Right. And so these applications, even if you have deleted them, if you never, like, actually deactivated your account right. before you deleted the application, they're still aggregating your data mm. and they're still selling it. That's crazy. And so Sweetgreen has access to your MAC address, has access to uh, the last time you updated your software. They have access to your photos, to what you've downloaded, like everything. So the biggest argument, right, that I've, and I've used it myself, but that I see online is people say, well, I don't care. Mm. It doesn't matter. I'm not doing anything wrong. I don't have anything to hide. I don't have anything to hide. It, You know, who cares if this, that, and the third see it? But what people don't understand, we're heading into this era that your data is your commodity. Mm. Mm-hmm. Your data is what and how you're going to be able to make money at some point. It's not really there yet, but like you said... I mean, it is. We're, the consumers just don't have power over it. But it that's, is, it's that's happening right, right now. Right. Yeah. Like, data is more expensive than oil. Data is more valuable than oil. Mm. There's T- a quote tell, in here. Tell them again. Tell them again. Data is more valuable than fucking oil. Mm. And oil is being protected by, I mean, AKs. You well, talk the, about, the U.S. military will invade your country for oil. For oil. And we don't... the. The government doesn't have to invade anybody for your information. There's a let me it, try to it right up. pull this quote up because it's kind of really crazy about um, the way that our data is being used and will be used against us in the court of law, um, and we don't understand the fact that that's actually happening. So, for example, anything that you have ever posted on the internet on Facebook, although you don't have anything to hide right now. Although you may not have done anything stupid yet or but the fact that a employer has every right to pull up, ask for your fucking password. There are employers that have the right 
in certain states to mm. ask for your social media password. I'd get fired. Go through your messages and then decide if they want to hire you. That is nuts. Facebook is now leading up to become the um, credit monitoring source. Mm. So credit will be based on character. Black and brown people will not win. And, and that's the piece. Like people, the most apathetic people, unfortunately, and the, it's it sucks that we have been targeted and are the ones that are consumerized the most. Yeah. But it's black and brown people that are the most yeah. apathetic about yeah. this stuff, the most targeted and the most susceptible to the repercussions at the earliest stages and they don't even understand and like when i I need to find this quote and it's here somewhere but it just talks about how our information and we don't even understand um the way that our information is going to be used against us in the court of law and how depending on where you at depending on where you are like even your location and the information that you are gathering you can be complicit to something that you had nothing to do with just based off of your location in that time yeah. right like you were in the area exactly we proved that you were in the area you were in the area and then say they found text messages or some shit like that like targeting black and brown people is just going to become easier and easier and easier with the way that we implicate ourselves, right? With what we talk about and what we're interested in and what we're looking at. And it's just, it's fucked up. And the worst part about it is it's cool to our community to do that fucked up shit and to say those fucked up things. Mm -hmm. So you're going to do that and say those things and then it is going to get used against you later. That's, that's, you know, and it's, it's like your phones are listening. Say somebody take, take what happened in it, for example. And when people say that I don't have anything to hide, but you damn sure got something to lose. Mm -hmm. You might not have anything to hide, but you have something to lose. And now everybody talk about fads. All of y'all want to be a fucking activist about some shit. You want to repost some shit. You think you got a mouth because you got Instagram. And so you have an opinion, but you're all talking. You're not actually understanding what's fucking happening in the background. And so you don't, you have opinions, but you don't have anything to hide. And you don't even understand the way that the system's truly working. So take Nip, for example, and what happened to him and the way that our phones and what we're accessing and how we're so vulnerable. If that individual, he he showed up to Nip's store and he was there and Nip was vulnerable in that situation mm-hmm. and he shot him, right? It takes somebody maybe 10 more minutes of um, intention to have done that in a more um, covert way. All he would have to do maybe is access uh, Nipsey's Wi-Fi, depending Mm -hmm. on how much um, security he may or may not have had, Mm -hmm. and followed his every move through social media or an application, DoorDash, or Uber Eats, or Uber itself. And then not been seen and not get caught. And not get caught. And so even with the, the sex trafficking. And so when people say, I don't have anything to hide, it's the same people that are advocating for black and brown people or being activists about what's happening in our day and age, but 
convenience downloading and convenience clicking and not realizing how they're affecting this larger digital ecosystem and playing to like all the shit George Orwell said like in 1984 yeah. Big Brother is why it is fucking yeah, it's hot. happening it, we live in it it's facts like Black Mirror is probably one of the realest shows I love like that's it's Black Mirror is practically uh, a religious base for me like I really look at Black Mirror and I'm like how do people not see this show and like really start to change their behavior because it's so like we're right here on every episode we're right here on that happening every time every Handmaid's Tale all of do you, these uh, in Netflix uh, Love, Death and Robots I haven't do, seen it oh you gotta see it oh, it's I'll the animated it Black Mirror you have to see it, it. No, it's so dope. Love, death, and robots. Yes. Have you seen the Great Hack? Yes, yes. That was a, it. Was a, it was a good, it was a good piece. And like it just goes to show the way that all of this is happening right. with our data, what's being presented, what's being taken, who has ownership, and the biggest thing is like, okay, you don't care about your own cybersecurity. You don't care about protecting your passwords. You don't care about somebody stealing your money, or you don't have an, any money. All right, cool. I, I don't know how to help you then if you don't give a fuck about something like that. Yeah. But you should care about the way that your actions are affecting our people. Yeah. How your actions are playing into this larger scheme. Like everything is curated. Like every. Have you seen The Watchmen on HBO? I haven't. I haven't. I'm, I, I, I've fallen into this um, because of Netflix and everything. I like to binge now. Same. So. I am, this is like the third or fourth uh, series that I am letting play out in its entirety from week to week. So when so it's that, done, yeah. I can just binge it. Because it's. I'm hearing it. I'm like, they're like, yo, it's this and it's for black people and it's that. And I'm like, I can't wait to watch it, but I'm going to wait until it's over because I can't stand now. Mm-hmm. To wait till next week. To, it's it's heart wrenching. It's like yo, wait. I'm wasting my life waiting till next week. It sucks to wait, but it just it show it's in a new technological kind of like it shows what's happening and yeah. how much information that we have, and it's really interesting the way that it's set up and things that we give access to, what we have access yeah. to, and. Um, the mind control aspect that yeah. comes from our technologies. And when you think about like how we are marketed to, and that's the biggest thing, like all of these data aggregators and digital marketers and stuff, like I'm trying to, I'm doing a lot of research right now to find a middle ground. Like does data security and data aggregation have to be two separate mm. vertical or Two set like two opposites, right? Yeah. And my husband's a data aggregator, okay. and um, all he works with big techs, right? Amazon is his big like that's how he makes his money is okay. through Amazon, and he's my arch fucking nemesis, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> like it is a house split. That's cute. Yeah. And um, but hearing what he's doing, and I'm trying to learn as much as possible about the way data is actually aggregated to understand. Okay. It is inevitable. It the people have been aggregating the shit. It's finna keep aggregating. But is there a way to consciously aggregate? Can we figure out a way that we aggregate or receive the data, but don't sell it to 
every single body? Well, yes, these laws are being passed, right? Which, in a sense, to where big tech and and whomever is developing these aggregation channels um, is detrimental to them. But um, would would big tech or corporations give a fuck to do that? No, they don't care. But it's the smaller companies that should care. And we should be aware enough to hold these big technology companies accountable. Yeah. So that's like when people going back to that, I don't have anything to hide, which is one of the most like irritating things that I hear. Right. Um, I just go back to like, you know, I'm not saying this to keep you secure. Like I care about personal security for people and their kids and stuff like that. But if you don't give about like, give a fuck about yourself, like I can't help you. The Lord can't help you. Right. But it's about the awareness piece. And the more we are aware, the more we can hold other people accountable. So, for example, if you're doing business and say you go, you're, you're putting your kids in private school or some shit like that, right? Or you're, or you're putting them in school for yeah. something. Um, and you're giving your child's information to someone. It should be a normal dialogue or a normal question that you ask. If you're asking about your kid's physical safety, you should also be asking what are you doing with their data? Yeah. Yeah. Or school pictures, when they take them, ask them, how are y'all handling the digital security? Pedophiles, like the, the way, like what do you, it's, it's ra- like crazy to think about these things, but we are so digitally connected yeah. and we have done such a poor job of understanding and holding people accountable that it continues to happen. I literally heard that there are so many pedophile, not even just complaints, but open cases of evidence that they, there's so many that they can't even get to every, like, they only get to like 10% of what they actually have on file to get to because there's so much and they're understaffed in a sense for all of that. And people aren't even aware that by putting their kids on Instagram, they're feeding into that daily and they don't even know. They don't even realize or on YouTube or what people are letting their kids see. Well, YouTube has made a step recently with the Chopa or however the CCOP or whatever that is. Um, So, I mean, but, you know, it's still, that's still like a swing in the dark because all you're doing is people that upload are now have to say whether something is kid friendly or not and if it is it gets shown with kids stuff and if it's not it gets kept away from kids but that doesn't mean that the pedophiles don't know where to get it yeah they don't know where to go they know where to go still so i mean there's still steps to go there yes but i mean we've been in such a wild west with the internet from I'd say 07, right? Even though, of course, clearly mm-hmm. it goes way back before that. But Like social media, I would say, is what really likes... I would say the invention of the iPhone changed mm-hmm. how people view the internet um, and, and the ease of the internet, which created the functionality of not being secure mm-hmm. on the internet, mm-hmm. um, which I... God bless Steve Jobs and Apple. I I do love my iPhone, but that is what created 
Because that's one of the reasons, which one of my questions is, which do you prefer, iOS or Android? Mm -hmm. But Android, yes, being open source, but has the functionality to create a lockdown situation on a phone if you know what you're doing, where people generally fuck with iPhone because iOS is very simple functionality. And it's pretty secure. That they do they, yeah. it is secure because mm -hmm. it's not open source and Apple controls everything, but there is no ownership from the user's end of that control. Mm -hmm. So but most people like that because they don't have the fortitude or the mentality to stay ahead of this stuff. Yeah. Which I'm like is a problem. Trying to I need a laptop. I have this like old little MacBook Air yeah. and I was just talking to my husband about it. He's like, well, which one do you want? And I'm learning ethical hacking right now mm -hmm. in all of in my hacker chat rooms, which is like so cool to say that I'm in hacker chat rooms. Um, That's the white hats. The white. Well, there's a mix. Okay. Uh, white and gray. White, gray. Some of them are black hat. They're considered black hat, but it's... Because, I mean, well, the perception black is put on them. Black hat hackers are ones that are doing illegal things. Unethical. Unethical, right? right? But unethical according to whom? Uh, right? And so it's it, it it depends on somebody's definition. Right. I mean, anonymous is considered unethical. Right. But they've actually literally helped Done people. good. Yeah. Yeah. So they're hacktivists. Copy, so they're, copy. Different, they're different names. I don't like to, like... Put any, like, anybody that's a nice person that's willing to help. It's like going in the streets and saying, like, oh, you're a white hat human or a black hat human. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it's, well, I don't think in this temperature you, you could, could say, say that. any of that. Yeah. But it's just, like, there yeah. are annoying people everywhere yeah. and good Facts. people everywhere. But, it, you know, I've been asking, like, y'all, should I, should I fuck with a PC? <laughs> should I get you the know, PC? You and, know, and, and, all right, so in where I'm from, right, and, I've worked at Hot 97 for a long time, and I was one of the few people when this explosion was starting, mm -hmm. 07, 08, that understood technology to a higher degree than most people. Um, so I was on a run of, damn, you fuck with PC? You know what PC stands for? Piece of chit. Like, it, it's trash. Yeah. You know, I was pushing Apple, Apple, I was like, it's secure. Yeah. You know, you don't need the fucking extra security software. Yeah, you don't need AV. You, you don't, don't need yeah, to download you know, Norton antivirus. Right. Yeah. You, you don't, you just fuck with this. So, but now we're here. It is a thing that if you really want to be secure, then you need to take that control yourself. And a PC is a way to is practically the only way to do that. I know. I think I found the middle ground would be getting a pro and then installing boot camp. a boot camp. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. grabbing the boot camp and then and, but and but a lot of people boot if you boot up boot camp on a Mac, it is essentially a PC. Yeah. The so it's no longer secure as a Mac is. So right. you would have to lock it down. For you sure. would know how to do that. For but sure. most people would have an issue. <laughs> but the different um, tutorials and, and kind of interfaces that I'm going to have to use a lot of times, even when I try to make the downloads. Yeah. Like I need to be in a Linux environment. Yeah. And I can't do that on a MacBook. No. Um, I'm still learning, so I'm still super early on, and I, I'll be like, "Fuck this!" I just keep it, keep it moving yeah. on my tutorials and stuff. I'm like, "All right," because I'm very compliance and policy based, and right. what I know and understand, I'm not as tactical. Right. Um, so I'm just learning all of the technical function, 
I'm but you, but you have time. You're gonna get there. Yeah, I'm so excited. How cool! Like a bad bitch out here <laughs> that could hack. Yeah. That could talk, you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, you, you and, it's just together. like it makes me feel so excited yeah. to be able to do. It, it makes me feel so empowered. Yes. So if anybody is trying to learn how to code or go into security, I highly, 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 highly recommend it. In Detroit, actually, where I um, recently moved, uh, I have met more Black female engineers than I have ever met. Really. In my lifetime. Nice. Which is amazing. And I think it's because they have um, almost like a lack of the education system is so against them Mm -hmm. in Detroit that these third party like private organizations have come up like the coding camps and stuff are very prominent out there. Nice. And so people end up like instead of going like fuck college, go to a vocational school and learn a skill and then. Go off on yeah. that skill, in my opinion. Yeah. I never finished college, so. Well, I mean, college is a, uh, in this era especially, if you don't have a path, like a guaranteed, this is what I want to take up, mm-hmm. this is how I'm going to take up what I want to take up, and these are the jobs I'm going to, not going to try and get. You have to know what job you're going to get out of college. Otherwise, you're, you're being fleeced. Yeah, I feel being like scammed. our generation, my generation especially, um, everybody wants to do everything and then ends up doing nothing. Yeah. And there isn't any focus. Yeah. Like, even when people call me and they want to get some advice on how to get into the security industry, they're like, I want to do this, this, and this, and this. I was just like, kid. <laughs> Yeah. Focus on one thing and then either stick to it or stick to one thing to make money and then do all of your other passion projects. But that's a separate conversation. We'll pick five things. Mass, try and master one mm-hmm. out of that five, mm-hmm. right? So if you take up the one thing and like this ain't really my thing, have a backup, right? But you gotta master one of those For five sure. things, and then you can spread out from there because you sure. have to master to move <laughs> forward. Yeah, I, I have a sixteen going on seventeen year old, and I've been blessed to put him on the on the right path. He wants to take up computer engineering. Oh hell yeah! So um, we're we're he's in eleventh grade, and so yeah, we're looking at schools now um, oh that's so awesome i'm i can't even thank god enough of how blessed i am that he has focused on something and didn't do what i did and even though i did have a focus going into college Mm -hmm. i went to a school that didn't focus on what i was focused on right so it essentially led me down a different path which technically led me here which is good um, but at the same time, had I focused on what I was focused on, mm-hmm. then I probably would be in a different space, in a maybe better space. I'm in a pretty good space, but I might have been in a better space. But yeah, sure. I do or feel easier blessed. earlier. On- well, I'm in radio, and I didn't necessarily think radio when I was, you know, I I went to school to be a, a director. Right. But I knew I was going to be in media one way or another. And my director skills have led me to do a lot of the great things that I've done while here. But um, directing is a passion of mine. Like I'm a whole different person when I'm directing. So 
I wouldn't mind doing that all the time, but I haven't done it enough to even, even though when I consider myself a director, I'm always honest with myself. I haven't done it enough to call myself a master at it. Mm. So I, you know, would have took a different path and probably would have mastered what I was going at. So I feel right. blessed that he is on yeah. that path. That's awesome. If he needs an internship somewhere, send him my way. Okay. Especially with the computer engineering, depending on what, yeah. direction he wants to go to yeah that's the cool like i've met a lot of incredible people and i just continue to learn in any industry is who you know not what you know that's a fact well it is what you know it is what but you it's know what, but it's who you know will make what you know present in the right otherwise way. you won't even be able to present what you know right exactly and get the opportunity right and it sucks but that's the way it goes and if you know the right people then you know and 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 and, and, and a, a little bit of advice to some of the younger people: take heed of this. Take time. Slow down mm -hmm. and take time. And don't just say go up to somebody and say, "Hey, I'm so and so, and you're so and so, and we met, and now I know you. Can you give me an opportunity?" That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. Take the time to get to know them. Take the time if there's if an opportunity of an internship, which does mean work for free. Mm -hmm. If that pops up, take that opportunity and work your ass off for free. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're not going to gain anything. That's you're my, not going to get anywhere down the road. My first internship was at a technology company. I was 17, and um, I got caught smoking weed in the parking lot. Mm. And <laughs> my direct report uh, smoked too. And he like took me outside. He like sat in a conference room, and he was like, "So where do you get your weed?" I was like. Is that really what you're asking me right now? Like, I was like, is this a trick question? Yeah, like, yeah. I was like, I wasn't smoking. He was just like, I wasn't born yesterday, Taz. You were smoking weed. I saw your fucking bowl. And my bowl at the time had a mustache on it that was, like, very prominent. Like, yeah, I looked yeah. like Sherlock Holmes, like, smoking <laughs> on my pipe. Yeah, yeah. And so um, he, I started selling him weed. And then I started selling both of the vice presidents at the company weed. And I made hella margin off of my weed. Nice. And then they hired me to be in sales because they liked what I did. They were like, you're not meant. I was hired to do project management intern. Like, that's what I was doing, project right. management internship. Right. They're like, fuck that. You're an entrepreneur. You're in sales. That's and that's how I started my career in that's sales. A blessing. And it was because I was selling weed. Hey, that's a blessing. I'm, I'm right now trying to bring weed into my professional life as much as possible. Yeah. So that is a blessing. It's it's a beautiful thing. It is a blessing. All right. So I have a couple more questions. Okay. All right. Um, do you mind if I go on Instagram live while we do this or no, wait? Not at all. Not at Let's all. Let's see. And you can keep asking me my questions. Um, all right. So are we the world and all of the different countries in it? Okay. Headed toward a cyber war. We are already in a cyber war. Wow. We're already in a cyber. That's yeah, not going to work that way. It's okay. Um, we're already in a cyber war. Yeah. Okay. Everything, I mean, 
that's happening for the military. So my um, bread and butter was in the public sector before I came into the private division. Right. And I worked with the Lockheed Martins, the GDs, mm. and the uh, Northrop Grumman's of the world that create all of our uh, missile technologies. And I mean, it, I when I was working at Intel, they were doing a couple of projects to insert the chip functionality into various devices at said companies. Mm. Um to be able to implement like more functionality, right? Mm -hmm. uh, technical functionality and controls. But I mean, our drone warfare, that's cyber. Um, right. Hacking, cyber. Right. The way that like any type of uh, terrorist negotiation most of the time is done through uh, the dark web. And I mean, most of it is all cyber. We are 100% already in a full cyber warfare. Mm. And that's a lot of the ways that the U.S. is attacked, and that's why we don't see the physical aspects of what war is on our side. But So we have a false sense of American security. Almost. Yeah. I would say. Um, and even American security for, uh, we're, I guess, protected. You can see it on both coins. Like, okay, I do appreciate that if, the NSA decided to turn on every single camera and they understand exactly what streets have cameras, don't have cameras, and they have all of that mapped out. They have analysts that are studying that. Right. And so if you're looking for a bad guy, cool. That's helpful. Right. But from a privacy perspective, like as an individual, you have zero privacy. Yeah. Well, that, that, I, yeah, that I know. They listen to every conversation looking for keywords. If you say certain keywords, then they go intent on your, your profile and Always. your footprint, yep. which I kind of like, all right, I'm with you on uh, I have nothing to hide people. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the NSA and terrorism, because I, as far as I know, they have stopped several terrorist attacks on yeah. on the soil because of that situation. Yes, I am for it, and in that sense, I ha I say I have nothing to hide. But I do know that going past the threat of terrorism, if they so chose, they could utilize that any way that they want. And then the FBI could be busting in on my house because they don't like what I said a certain way. That does scare me. But as of right now, I am in that category of, go ahead, I got nothing to hide. Yeah, I mean— Please catch the terrorists. Exactly. At the end of the day, when you look at it big picture and you consider how safe we truly are in this country in comparison to other countries right. where children are being bombed and they are literally like— Anybody that complains about America, like, we are privileged as fuck. Right. And that's why we're complaining about America. Right, right. Right? I'm from a third world country. I was born in a actual tin hut. Right. And my parents okay. came to this country to bring me away from that. Right. right. But it's like that part of that, that counterintelligence that the U.S. has or just in general, the superpowers, I guess, quote unquote. Right. It's positive. And a lot of... Even Mark Goodman's book, Future Crimes, he talks about, like, our surveillance economy, and there are p disadvantages and advantages to everything. Right. I think the disadvantage that we have, it's not necessarily what the government is doing, but it's just the fact that, like, they're clearly not communicating it yeah. to us, and we're unaware of what's happening. Yeah. So it's—that's the piece that I don't appreciate. Right. But 
Like, for example, there was the whole, like, WikiLeaks conversation around um, putting the actual, um, what was it, the details of how to create a nuclear bomb. Yeah. Right? yeah Freedom of that, speech. That was... and, and remember that? Well, I don't remember, but there was a whole yeah. uproar about that. And should we be able to? Then if people yeah. see it, they're going to make it. Or But shouldn't that information be available to people? I disagree. It, it, I don't think it, it should the, be available. It was the same when they put out how to 3D print a gun. Right. It was like, yo, you know, that means everybody's going to 3D print a gun and then you won't, they won't be detectable and then everybody's going to get shot at every airport. And they put it out. And I even had friends that had 3D printers that was like, hey, I'm going to try this, you know? And it was like, oh, shit, this really is going to happen. But then it didn't because as dumb as people are from time to time, most of the time, um, they they tend to end up not being that dumb. Um, but unfortunately, it's not intelligence that's going to bring it. It's going to be mental issues and other things, which has caused the mass shootings now from real guns. So it doesn't matter if I it's mean, 3D or not. Whoever wants to do it is going to do it. Right. That's the, right. It's the whole black hat, white hat thing. Like Bad people are going to do bad things and they're going to find a way to do bad things. Right. It's just if somebody is printing 3D guns in their home, then... They're just setting themselves up with the way our surveillance economy is to get caught. To be blamed. And to be at the blamed. Very, even exactly. if they didn't do it, just to be the scapegoat. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's the piece. Like, people are too lazy yeah. to actually do the shit. Yeah. Right? And th that's the whole point. Like, yeah. we are so fucking lazy. It's, it's unreal. It's, 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 it's retarded. <laughs> I hate to say it, but it it's is. It's unreal. All right. So this isn't a question as okay. much as... Tell me what you think about my conspiracy theory. Okay. I'm All ready. Right? Let me move this chair. Okay. Let me get in it. The 2016 election. Okay. Right? Everyone's all focused on Russia, the troll farms, Facebook, mm -hmm. right? Which they were clearly- Cambridge a, Analytica. Cambridge yeah. Analytica. Watch the great hack, um, which was a thing. Mm-hmm. But my conspiracy theory is mm -hmm. it wasn't Russia. Okay. It was China. Oh. <laughs> China. I wish everybody could see her face. China. No, listen. <laughs> Think about the moment your boy walked out on that stage to accept his face. Like, it was weird, right? His face was like he was in disgust and he was... Taken back, like, I don't really want to do this, but here we go. Right? Your boy Trump. Mm -hmm. Right? My boy. Well, that's just a saying. Somebody boy. Somebody's boy. Somebody, not our boy. Not our boy. We don't fuck with this Not guy. I. <laughs> I call him the fucking orange clown. Um, But when he walked out onto that stage, it was evident mm -hmm. in his micro expressions that he did not want to be doing that. Yeah. Right? So my theory, and, and, and a lot of people put the theory is Russia put him in a place, put him into place, and then told him he had to do these things for them, which is why he had that look on his face, right? And right. which is why he's done the crazy shit that he's done. But my theory is China did that, mm -hmm. put Russia as the middleman. Russia knows doesn't give a fuck because they don't give a fuck about America. Mm -hmm. But China's purpose is to own America mm -hmm. because all of a sudden we get into a trade war with China mm -hmm. and 
80 to 90% of the products that we use in the U.S. come from China, mm -hmm. but not directly mm -hmm. through American companies. Mm -hmm. If China cut out the middleman, they would own the U.S. economy. Right. In this new, because a new trade deal is going to have to come about for this trade war to stop. Wasn't Trump the one that really ignited the trade war with yes, China? Yes, yes. That's part of my conspiracy theory. So you theory. think that it happened on purpose? They elected his dumbass to be able to gain control? Yes. Okay. They put him in the office, then say, hey, say it's a trade war against us. Okay. Because then the collusion between them doesn't even exist mm -hmm. to people. And then once this, there's going to have to be a new trade deal. Mm -hmm. Just like NAFTA in the 90s opened up to a lot of U.S. companies leaving the U.S., to create companies and manufacturing to have a cheaper balance so they can make more money. This new deal will, and this is my main theory, open up the market to where Alibaba will be the new, will be Amazon. Mm. So you'll get, you can order on Alibaba mm -hmm. and get directly to your U.S. door. They will own the U.S. economy because then those U.S. dollars go nowhere back into our economy. Right. It it could be. I mean, your theory is not. I mean, you have the sound pieces. There's some solid the, things there's there. There's some solid things there. I I think the regardless, the foundational means of how it happened yeah. is the same, whether it was China or whether right. it was Russia, right. it was manipulating the market and consumers. 100%. And that's how it happened. 100%. Um, so in the way, do I think that those countries had a stake in this shit? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that there is going to be a lot of that type of conversation and change coming around. And... Um, there is a lot that happens on the back end in the public sector that isn't uh, privy to the general, like we're not privy to it in the general public. Right. And that they have these deals brewing and then they come out and they have a puppet show and then they go back and, you know, everything's all gravy the right, way right, that they, right, right. right? It would be as if like Pac and Biggie were in the back really dapping up, but they right. was just like putting on a show right. for everybody to create more, more sales. place and yeah. more sales. Right. So at the end of the day, it's like these leaders are um, businessmen and they are trying to like sell some narrative that we are purchasing and buying. And so those would be the players that have the most um, skin in the game. To gain, yes. To, and, and most to gain out of it. And like, I mean... Even when you consider, that's a really great point. Now my, my brain is like, I if feel like China, we, should, we should have smoked a little bit if before. I 100% I, I, I agree with you. Before this if question. China being one of, because look, China separates its economy from the rest of the world. Right. But still has a booming economy. If they then in turn own the U.S. economy, which is a majority of the world economy, mm -hmm. they would own the world. Yeah, I feel like they low-key already do. But that's the thing is because they've kept themselves separate, they they don't depend on anybody. So they do kind of do because they sell products out without bringing anything in for the most part. Mm -hmm. But if they like literally 
all consume. Like, look, all right. You do realize that Amazon is 100% going after 100% market share. Yeah. They're looking to own all of retail, not just like be the biggest thing in the game. They're literally trying to be the game. They they get companies in, get their product, and then do an Amazon Basics product like it to outsell them. Right. So they're going and they're doing it with grocery stores. They're doing it with beauty products, beauty, fashion, everything, everything. They're 100 percent trying to own the market. Buying out, I think. um, I I don't know that I should say this out loud, but there are rumors right now about Amazon purchasing USPS. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. And because the United States Postal Service is actually not a government entity. That it is and a it private is private company. And that and it is failing horribly. They keep chopping people. They're they're not making the money that they once were. And the only not the only, but the biggest business that they have is Amazon. I feel like they'll buy UPS even and FedEx because what are what is UPS and FedEx delivering at the end of the day? They're, they're delivering Amazon packages. I think they would too. I think though that UPS and FedEx would hold out for a lot more money, and I think they could. I think Amazon can make a deal with the postal service that would essentially make it look like the postal service is still running, but be an Amazon company. Mm-hmm. Whereas UPS, of course. They do that, but I think UPS and FedEx will be like, no, you have to. If you have ninety billion dollars, we want seventy-five. So, what does that mean for us in a homogenized market like that? Like, what does that look like? But that's yeah, no, that's the that's the problem. What does that look like? No, that's that's a problem because when they do gain eventually a hundred percent market share, they then set the price. There's no more competition. The Amazon that you know and love for the functionality of two day delivery and usually low prices won't exist. The two day delivery will exist, but the low prices won't. The, the, the thing that you are used to putting on your dash buttons that you reorder, that's a minimal of, you know, you're spending 50 or a hundred dollars a month on that you're saving $25 from going to the grocery store will then double and triple and you'll have no choice because they those are essentials exactly. and they own the market. And even there's not a, Oh, let me go run to the grocery store and get this. Then no, it's gonna there's no be, grocery store. I know the grocery store is them. I think the, we'll see how the small businesses do. And in the way that these like kind of micro businesses are, I, I noticed that. And I appreciate Detroit for this, mm-hmm. that they're very much into like giving back to, because they don't have nothing out there and they lost it all. They were stripped from their fucking livelihood yeah. in Detroit. Yeah. And so people are very conscious about like buying from farmers markets. And they're very conscious about like purchasing Detroit based products, which right, I find right. to be very Keeping dope. their economy. Good. Exactly. Like within them. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's, something that our generation is going to push for because we're more educated about what's happening and whatnot. Yeah. But even like when I talk to my husband about this stuff and like he meets with various clients and whatnot, there are people that are selling, like he told me about, damn, can I say this? I can't. None of his clients listen to (laughs) (laughs) 97.1 or any. I have a very low, but I feel like this episode might, but I don't know. Fuck it. Fuck it. I'm going to say it anyway. Fuck it. So 
these, and you're going to have to put my voice down because I'll be yelling into no, the I mic. I got you. I got you. Don't worry. No worries. <laughs> I got this. I, um, had, like, he told me about people, individuals, teenagers that are making over six figures on a monthly basis on Amazon selling bullshit ass products on Amazon. Yeah, the influencer program. Yo, no, not even the influencer program. Get this. Shorty was a single mom. She would go into Target. And you know when you go into Target or any grocery store, they have the clearance items, yeah, right? Yeah. She bought all the shit in bulk. All the clearance items that she purchased for like they have the dollar giveaway clearance items. She started reselling that stuff on Amazon mm. at a margin. I think she makes over $350,000 in revenue a month. Gary V told her to do that. I think maybe it was Gary V or Gary something v like told, that. Gary V told that's what he's been preaching. Go to yard sales, go to clearance and things, it. buy it and resell it. On Amazon. And, and, and to the average person, you hear it and you're like... Why would I do that when if I, why would I buy that online when I can go to the clearance sale? Mm -hmm. But there's not a clearance sale everywhere, and there's not a there's not a uh, a yard sale everywhere, and some of those things are collector things that people are really want, and then sometimes it's like if you can just offer it at a lower price, it's it's a it's, it's a convenience, it's less, a hustle, like yeah, exactly. But I mean, when you go into the you know, now that I'm familiar with more of the suburban lifestyle and stuff, right? Like, mm -hmm. they have a lot more, um, they have less volume, so they have a lot more availability in their stores versus mm -hmm. in New York, right? Like, yeah. we're too many people, and so if something is nice, it's gone, and yeah. you can't find it. Right. So those people in these suburban areas are purchasing the items that are being sold most, and then it's us in New York that are buying it on Amazon, from these fucking Midwestern housewives, and wow. that's how it's all circulating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, and so it's like, it's just when you consider all of that, and like big text, and even you know bringing it back to security and understanding how we're all a medium to something, or. And when we go back to the piece of like, I don't have anything to hide or I don't, you know, I don't care, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you are a pawn in a bigger picture yeah. or a uh, bigger uh, narrative that yeah. you don't even know, especially these social media influencers and stuff like these beauty bloggers that are putting everything out there. Like now people's businesses are their identities. Like, your business is your identity. Yeah. Your identity gets got, and you are fucked big time. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, like, the implications are so real, and nobody even... It just, I don't understand how people don't care. Well, I think there's, we're, we're still in a, even though everybody feels like they are technology knowledgeable, and everybody feels like... You know, they know, especially the younger that they are, we're still in a transition from the old world into this new world that we're creating. And the new world that we're creating is not yet set in stone, as it were. So there are going to be a lot of uh, fluid functionalities or... Uh, you know, just different ways that you have to pay attention and if you don't have a base to start from, 
you can't even pay attention. Yeah. Or the, I guess, there has to be something that sparks interest to want to pay attention yeah. or learn. And I, I don't know, I feel like we ignore it and there's nobody that's relatable that you can hear this information from. Everyone just talks about, you know, how much money that their business is made and blah, 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 or what they're doing and events and trying to be a goat on social media yeah. or some shit. Yeah. And so everything is based off of like, no, I need that. So I can't think about this, not realizing how like that won't even matter if you don't consider it's like you can't, you can't run if you can't walk. Right. Right. So one of the main things that I started this podcast for and that I've been preaching as a whole trying to use whatever cloud is it word that I do have is I'm trying to get, especially in the urban communities, mm -hmm. um, black and brown specific STEM. Mm. I'm really, really trying to, you know, let people know that at some point, because here's the problem, right? Especially in hip hop and you're young. You don't do something if it's not considered cool, mm -hmm. right? And most of the things considered cool in hip-hop are fucking dumb. And, and look, I've gotten older, yes. Mm -hmm. I'm no longer young, as it were, and, but I work in a young demographic, so it does become increasingly difficult to communicate this message because it's like, they're like, I'm cool up until the point that I say that. You know, like, oh, he's tat, he's down with flex, and, you know, or he knows his music, and he's this, and he's up on the young stuff, or he's that, and that's dope. But as soon as I'm like, yo, um, we got to stop fucking with this street shit, though, and, you know, we got to get the kids involved in the STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and math, they got to know that, and it's like... I man, why want to do that? That's you know, that's not cool. Everybody it, wants to be a YouTube star. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna pop off on Instagram or YouTube. I don't wanna go to school. What the fuck are you talking about, Tat? Like, I get out of here. Right. And I become non-cool right then, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right, how do I strategize? But it's like to a point, it's like I, we don't have time for a strategy. Like I say, in the next five to ten years, right? Automation is going to hit this this country hard. So blue collar jobs are going to have already like like you mentioned with Detroit, right? It was a heavy blue collar town. That's where all the cars were made. That got moved 20, 30 years ago and it's impacted them specifically really hard. They're coming out of it now, but imagine every town that has a factory or every town that relies on the mall or relies on a big chain store to get a job in, when all of that goes away due to automation one way or another, either robots or um, like Amazon opens a Amazon. store and all you have to do is go in, grab the product, and leave, and the robot is security. There's literally nobody physical in any store that you go in. What job you getting? When you don't have an educational background to get another job, mm -hmm. 
when you're not focused on a specific trade to get another job, when you thought it was cool to just walk around, bop your music, sag your pants, smoke weed, which there's nothing wrong with smoking weed. I second that. But when that's all you do because you didn't take the time to read a slew of books, much less one book. At a certain age, you then get to another point in your life where you're like, oh, I, I can't do this anymore. You're going to get to that, which we've been blessed in this country specifically, but in life in general, but in this country specifically, that if we get to a certain age, we can then pick our bootstraps, bootstraps up and go. Mm-hmm. We're getting to a point that you won't have that availability. You will, you will, but then it's going to take you two, three times as long because if you didn't start learning the right math in pre in uh, grade school, mm-hmm. you know, then you're not going to get to a certain level of education that you need in order to do a certain job, which will be the only thing available. Right. So I'm really, really trying hard to push STEM mm-hmm. forward. Um, and you coming here today have proven that people need to start to learn this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely want to thank you. Uh, is there any STEM uh, programs, programs yes. or anything that you want to suggest? Um, so I actually spoke at one of their events. Um, my like I met him on Instagram. His name is Christian and he has an organization called Genius Genesis. And I think their handle is at Genius Genesis on Instagram. And he held a phenomenal event that had uh, black and brown engineers and um, people, mechanical engineers, people in robotics, me in cybersecurity. I mean, just I walked in and it was just like super fucking smart amazing black and brown people in the south side of Jamaica, Queens. Love it. Um, And I spoke to the guidance counselor and the principal there. They were so ecstatic because no one goes out that way to do these events, right? A lot of these STEM events, projects, organizations, they happen maybe like they go as far as Astoria, maybe Kew Gardens, maybe Forest Hills, right? right? The Bronx. Flushing maybe. Flushing maybe. Flushing, yeah, because it's a bunch of Asians, Elmers for sure. Right, right. But like, you know, it's the pockets of Asian communities that are education, education hard. Yeah. And then you go toward Jamaica where like the Caribbean communities yeah. are more predominant and yeah. the West Indian communities and they're just completely ignored. Yeah. And so Genius Genesis has done, they did one event in Jackson Heights and then they did another one um, in Southside Jamaica and he had the coolest fucking people come through this event i think he put together was like self-funded a portion of it they had sponsorships um and whatnot but like it was phenomenal and so many of the kids were excited about it yeah um i can definitely connect you oh to please him. I, I would will, love I will 100% it 100 yes. even to come on like he's i believe he's an engineer as well and he decided to put together these events and his parents are on the board at the school at Dope. the high school Dope. it was just like like my hair is still stand on end when I think about that event because as a kid for me, yeah. like if I had gone to something like that growing up, yeah, that would have been a game changer yeah. for me to see something like that. And I was even explaining to somebody about like, you know, we talk so much about representation, but how it truly does matter yeah. and affect us. Like even now when I see a 
like brown girl, like a Southeast Asian girl on a billboard or something, I'm like, oh my God, yes. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like it and it's like an immediate connection yeah, that yeah. I feel. And the it we need programs like this. And there's so many other ones. I mean, there's the Black Girls Code. There yes. is um another individual. I've never met her, but her name is uh Chloe Taylor. And uh, her Instagram handle is Chloe Taylor Tech, and she puts together STEM programs for schools, okay. which is incredible. Uh, she's a black woman. She's fierce. She's fucking amazing. Nice. Um, I've been following her. I've never met her in my life, but right, I really right. enjoy what she does. And if you, there is another youth program in Brooklyn that's a free organization that I looked up trying to find like some shit for my nephew to do one weekend. And it's for kids that are anywhere between five and 10 to do robotics mm. and learn robotics yeah. in Brooklyn. Um, so if you just like, it's so, it's just a matter of looking. There are so many, especially in the city, so many available. Yeah. Um, you just have to like proactively look for it because yes. the information isn't, we live in our algorithms. Yeah. Which is like, you know, we don't, your shit is all going to be music, hip hop, your phone's listening today. So you might get a bunch of security ads and shit yeah, afterward. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. But <clears throat> it's, I mean, we live in the bubble of our opinion leaders and the things we want to hear because yeah. of what we talk about, which is affecting our mental health on a whole other level. But um, yeah, these guys are doing awesome things. Genius Genesis. Like it was probably one of the coolest events that I went to okay. ever. Great. So and we will promote that for sure. Yeah. Please do hook us up with I Genius will. Genesis. And um, it has been a great, great experience. Thank you. Same here. Um, I feel like I have just met a brand new lifelong friend. Yes. I'm so happy. And uh, you'll be back. I will. I'm so excited. And my personal website is www.cybercollective.org. Um I'm a cybersecurity technologist, and I do services for individuals and businesses. Nice. Yeah, that's me. All right. Yeah. Tech with Taz. Tech with Taz. And this is my late night voice. This is... This is... 97. E. No. <laughs> this is effing techies. This is effing techies. Effing techies. And remember, a structure cannot stand without a foundation. Logic is the foundation of function. Function is the essence of control, and I am in control. We are in control. We are in control. 10 4. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Fire. That, was, that fire. was so awesome.